vision. Your paradigm is about to shift at the intersection of fact and reason. You're entering Kingston Country. I'm Dan Kingston, and you're listening to the Dan Kingston Podcast. Today's guest is longtime filmmaker Pat Kirby, creator of Max Justice, a libertarian superhero, and with well over 100,000 views, you can watch free on YouTube or www.maxjustice.tv. Uh, thanks for joining the podcast today, Pat Kirby. My extreme pleasure. Thanks so much for having me on. Yeah, I want to get into all things Max Justice. But before that, I want to talk um, about your extensive filmmaking career because I looked at your IMDb profile and it reads like an encyclopedia. If I have it correct, you were the second unit director on Alongside Night, which was a 2014 film starring Kevin Sorbo. Do I have that correct? Yeah. That was correct. That was kind of the, uh, they put me as second unit director because I kind of did a lot as director of photography. Uh, and, th- and I got sick during the middle of that. So it was another director of photography that took over for some of it, but, but I was, the uh, the director of photography on alongside night. Yeah. Ah, so you were the uh, director of photography. Needles- wow. So whenever somebody comes to Nevada, they got to reach out to Pat Kirby. Is that right? For certain things like it, like in the, in our own filmmaking, we do everything, but my, my primary uh, work in Vegas is I do jib arm, uh, which is a camera crane, and I do drones. And what it's about a the steady cam. You know, I've seen a picture of you hooked up like you look like a robot with the steady cam coming like yeah, an arm coming out of your chest. It's incredible. Yeah, that was a that was a great photo during taken during a long side night um, where I was a director of photography and. Oddly enough, that picture was taken by Austin Peterson, who was a libertarian candidate for president in 2016. And uh, now what was his does role the radio on that show. Movie? Uh, he, I think he was just an advisor. It might have been uh, a, a agent of one of the investors. I don't know. I, I don't want to. What about he's, Kevin yeah, Chabot? Did he, you meet him? Because he's become quite a significant oh, voice in the American First Movement, and you know, liberals hate him right now, I guess. But was he political back then too? He, you know, he's got to work in the acting industry, but he's very, uh, you know, he he's very pro freedom. Mm. Uh, so he is, uh, you know, yeah, he is. So he's definitely uh, political. And that, and that's, that's what drew him to alongside night, you know, was he a nice guy like uh, in person, really nice guy, such a nice guy. His whole family are just saints. They were a pleasure to work with. It's like when you're working on a small movie where you got a lot of people doing everything, you can get these prima donnas that are used to big stuff and everything. And, but he's just very helpful, very patient. And, uh, you know, just wants to do good work and, uh, a, a real, real professional at his craft. Yeah, he's a great guy. Let's talk about uh, your yes. creation, Max Justice, because this is a quote that really stood out to me. I really like this quote in particular. I saw, when political parties abandon their principles, they are just vehicles to divide and manipulate you. Vote for principles, not parties. That's Max Justice. Um, can you talk Bam. about Max Justice? Absolutely. You know, Max Justice is... Uh, you know, he's basically my political alter ego with, uh, with superpowers, you know? So he, he's a firm believer in Liberty. He's a firm believer that 
Liberty is the formula for the just advancement of humanity, perhaps the only formula for the just advancement of humanity. And it's just a, a, you know, a crime against humanity that we are still dabbling in these toxic ideologies instead of just working on perfecting the only one that works. So that's, that's from one of the Max Justice memes that are all available on uh, maxjustice.tv. And, you know, uh, there's things I call universal truths. Hmm. That's one of them. The other one is, you know, a kind of a, a stand against collectivism. It's the there's only two kinds of people in the world, good people and assholes. Hmm. And each of us has the power at every moment to choose which one of those will be. And uh, um, each you know, moment. There's, at every moment we can choose. Yeah. Every moment we have the power to choose like, okay, how am I going to react to this or, you know, whatever you can be a good person or you can go the other way. And uh, boy, the left is sure going the other way these days. <laughs> yes. I want to get into <laughs> politics and what Max justice would say about that. Yeah. The, the, look, the special yeah. effects when I was watching the videos, they're amazing. Uh, my, my favorites when the, the heads explode of the terrorists and it's like yeah. sickeningly real and you don't see that in movies, not even Tarantino, because they cut away. I mean, they'll show some gore, yeah. but they cut away. But you just show the whole thing, like at 60 frames a second or whatever you, you shoot it in, but it looks very real. Uh, it, I mean, can you talk about that? Sure. Uh, I just have friends. I, I am blessed to live in a time where, you know, a person with a desktop can, computer can do the types of special effects that, you know, 10 years ago were uh, were you know only the big big movies could right. do so it's right. you know it's really awesome being able to do these effects and i and i have friends who uh you know who are volunteer uh with me to to work on max justice and and complete these things my effects guy's name is barton anderson and uh he does a really great job um you know and and he's got a regular job he works for this uh he works in La in Las Vegas and, uh, you know, and just does this in his spare time. But you but, made the decision, uh, yeah, the, Pat, to show the heads exploding in such graphic detail. And what was your, I mean, was that purposeful? But most people would cut away, like they show the head exploding and then maybe they cut away or to a reaction shot of someone looking at it. Well, but you just show the head know, blowing this, up. This is kind of, this is people who have put on video of really cutting people's heads off. And, and also it kind of has, it's so out there that it kind of has uh, strangely, it has a comedy effect. It's like, I remember, I remember the director of RoboCop uh, when they did the scene where the, 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 uh, the big droid shoots a guy just like, just keep shooting him and keep shooting and keep shooting. And it's like, okay, for the first five seconds, it's horrific. And then it becomes kind of comical. Right. Uh, and, and it's, it's kind of like that. It, it's like there's also, you'll see movies where you see the bad guys and then when they get what's coming to them, it's just not quite so fulfilling. Mm. And I definitely wanted to go the other way when the bad yes. guys get what's coming to them in max justice, it's, there's satisfaction there. They get what they deserve. That's true. It is fulfilling to watch yeah. that. I have to uh, admit. And so uh, look, I wrote on Twitter, the whole damn thing is broken. And I think that may have resonated yeah. with you. You saw that. Is that, is that yes. right? Yes, it did. It, it, uh, it did be because there's, 
you know, there's a couple of different ways to look at it. And, uh, and I see, I see politics and just say, Holy cow, this it it's also corrupt. It's also, you know, and this kind of coincides with my political story. I was heavily, heavily involved in politics from 2008 to 2012, hmm. uh, during, during the Ron Paul campaign. So I've been in the trenches and just seen how, how completely separated from principles politics is. And, um, you know, and our country was founded on principles. The, the politics that back then were all about the principles. And now politics basically has nothing to do with it, uh, except for a, a few people. And so politics seems like it's broken. Yet in spite of that, I can drive my Tesla to Outback and get me a ribeye. And in the history of the world, that's a pretty amazing accomplishment. You know, so, so we live in the greatest country in the world in perhaps the greatest time to be a human being ever. And yet, on the other hand, you know, you go on Twitter, you look at politics, and it seems like everything's broken. Things really aren't that bad, and I think they're getting better. I think we've hit the the peak of of danger. You know, if Hillary Clinton would have won, I think that we would have gone off the cliff. But uh, I always view Trump and not as a not as a bastion of liberty or anything like that, but the guy who pumped the brakes on the socialist bus to hell. Hmm. And uh, at least we have slowed down. And, uh, and are able to kind of take a look at our surroundings and give us time to, to re-embrace the principles of liberty that made this country the amazing thing that it is. What, how would you define liberty? Liberty is having a limited government that, whose job it is to protect the rights of the people and to um, supply an avenue for justice when those rights are violated. And this creates the level playing field platform for society to function. Hmm. Once government goes beyond that point, it starts getting oppressive. And that's what the founders of this nation stumbled upon is this formula of setting the level playing field for society to function and flourish uh, with people being free and having an avenue for uh, someone to call when when rights are violated and injustice occurs. That's how I would describe liberty. A lot of people confuse equity and equality. And I mean, sometimes I confuse it, right? Myself. It's a tricky thing, especially, you know. uh, So, uh, you know, how do you wrestle those two things? There's a max. Yeah, there's a max justice meme about that. I wish I had them all in front of me because I'll try to try to remember exactly what. If you fight for equality of opportunity, that is right and just. If you fight for equality of outcome, you're an idiot because uh, excellence must be rewarded or your society is doomed. Right, right. That's why the admission scandal thing is so offensive to so many yes. people, I think, because if yes. as soon as you stop putting – and also affirmative action too. Things that are not merit-based don't help anyone in the long term. Yeah. That People always look for short-term solutions that make them feel good but they are poison to, to people in the long term. It's like, if I can't compete, so I've got to cheat to get my spot, then I've taken the spot of someone who's A, more qualified than me and is going to help lift, that, lift whatever that 
uh, industry or whatever is to the next level, um, you know, and, and that's robbing everybody. And also, you know, I'm, so I get to coast instead of like saying, you know what, I got work to do. I've got to knuckle down. I've got to learn my trade. I've got to do whatever and, and become the best, you know, competition is the foil for mediocrity. And, um, if we, if we could take, uh, we take competition out of the equation, we do so at our own peril. Yeah, I agree with that. What you mentioned, you worked on Ron Paul's campaign. What do you think of Rand Paul? Uh, I'm a big fan of Rand Paul. I think that Rand has learned, you know, here, it's an interesting thing. Ron Paul was a purist and he got where he was by, by being a purist and never compromising and, and, you know, so, and kind of setting that example and that made him a great person to spread the philosophy of Liberty during his campaign and everything. Um, Rand has kind of learned to work within the system and a lot of people call him a sellout for that. But look, sometimes bad things are prevented by just having a good person in the room when the bad ideas first start and uh, kind of kill those bad ideas when they're babies. That's true. And I think that Rand Paul playing golf with president Donald Trump is one of the best things that can happen in these days, these days, you know, it's like just having that voice that understands Liberty and understands our constitution and understand having that voice in the room is incredibly valuable. And, uh, you know, if you, if you follow him on Twitter and, or, uh, you know, look him up on YouTube, he's always there fighting against the, uh, the outrageous spending that we're doing. He, you know, he's a, is a great voice for Liberty and, uh, you know, and the purists can shout from the grandstands, but he's the guy out there on the field of play. So yeah. I have great respect and admiration for him. And I worked on his campaign in 2016 also. Ah, I, I mean, so, I'm a big believer in pragmatism. You have to be pragmatic yeah. in, in, in your circumstance. Yeah. Um, so what about the um, the cop episode? I don't want to give anything away, but I'm curious. Did you get any blowback on that episode? Because you normally don't see super. I really haven't. It, it, yeah, it hasn't gotten, uh, you know, got to understand Max, he's a superhero for justice. And there's a lot of injustice um, in police today and it has you know it has to do with a lot of things the, the fact that of that they're dealing with criminals all the time i think kind of corrupts their mindset so they'll treat people as criminals right. before you know right. it, it comes down like to, everything um, is, everything's a nail if they're, and they're yeah a hammer. everything's a nail when you're a hammer every, everything's a nail and that's the thing is so it's kind of they lose sight of the presumption of innocence um and uh and they have to remember that it, it, it's like, uh, like he says in, in the episode, once you decide it's your job to inflict punishment, you've crossed the line. Your job is to restrain people and at the most re restrain them and, you know, put them in jail so that a, a judge and jury can inflict punishment. Once you decide to inflict punishment, you've now crossed the line and you should not be a cop. <laughs> yeah. Is that coming from any kind of personal story about police injustice? I'm just curious because you only have a few episodes and you have to pick each story. Yeah. You want to devote the writing time. People don't realize how much time 
it takes to oh, create yeah, even it, just a one minute, heck, 10 yeah. seconds of video. Yeah. Takes so much thought. Yeah. I tell you why I chose that one. Because I think our country took a big wrong turn right about the time of Ferguson and Colin Kaepernick. I mean, if Colin Kaepernick would have been kneeling for um, for body cams and transparency and uh, accountability for police who abuse their power, boy, I'd have been right there kneeling with him. But, you know, instead he kneeled for, oh, this country sucks because, you know, whatever. And Ferguson was the same. Was the, yeah, missed opportunity. The same way if these protesters would have said, look, we need police accountability. We've got a, we've got a, a, a nation where police departments are becoming militarized and, and a police state. And it all stems from what I think is a huge mistake of the war on drugs, um, you know, and other, and, and other things where it, it's like, well, it's, it's basically simple. Transparency and accountability are the foils for corruption. And we have police unions that, don't hold their officers accountable. So, you know, there's, uh, I live in a county where the, the amount of money that they, a county spends paying off people that are suing the police for abuse is astronomical. It's ridiculous. And, and no one ever gets fired, you know, so there needs to be accountability so that these guys won't think they have carte blanche to just, you know, shoot people or abuse people's rights and, and things like that. And this is by no means saying I think all cops are bad or anything. I mean, one of the other max justice means is if you want, if you don't want to live in a police state, elect a local sheriff who believes in your rights, mm-hmm. you know, and we're seeing that happen right now in Virginia. All of these local sheriffs are saying, nope, we're, we're a, uh, uh, we're a sanctuary county for the second amendment after, you know, all of these statists got elected in Virginia and are, contemplating gun things. So by no means do I think that, but they give an oath to uphold and defend the constitution. And the most important part of the constitution is the bill of rights. So they should, they should follow that oath. And and if they don't, Max justice comes to visit. Yeah. yeah, It's really (laughs) fun when he does that. And he didn't, Permanently hurt any police officers doesn't look like. No, exactly. There's a there. It's justice. It's not revenge. It's right. like he's going to mete out punishment that he deems is fit for the crime. What's your end goal, goal, like with Max Justice? Is it because right now it seems like they're only interested in new superheroes that fit a certain you know criteria? I don't right. know if Max Justice fits that. <laughs> you know what I, oh, you know what I I'm talking about? The, I'll tell you the goal. I was deeply involved. I was a national delegate to the the 2012 convention, the Republican convention in Tampa. I was deeply involved in my state Republican party. My County was kind of like the, the Liberty caucus, you know, following the bill of rights and things like that, kind of a, you know, a more Liberty Republican bent. And they just didn't want to hear our message. The, the powers that be are all about putting people with the R in office, whether they follow the principles or not. And so I realized, I I just said to myself, you know what, there needs to be a cultural awakening before there can be a political one. Fighting this political one is beating my head against the wall. There really needs to be a cultural awakening about 
you know, the, the miracle of, of liberty that, that uh, this country has. And uh, I thought to myself, there's this gaming community that is <clears throat> like 12 million people play World of Warcraft. And, I, and that's enough to sway an election. I go, if I can create a character that can capture the, you know, that can kind of give these ideas of liberty to the gaming generation, then, you know, future, the future is going to look a little bit brighter. I saw one and, comment. Somebody uh, said, I learned more watching your videos than I do on the news. That's awesome. Did you and, see and, that? And that's so true because they'll learn the, all the wrong things on on the news. Right. I have not seen that. Boy, I'm going to have to like read the comments. Because... You have so many amazing <laughs> comments and it's just the reaction has been incredible to Max Justice. Yeah. I would love to see it more. It just seems like the superheroes have to be women now. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but uh, not but, that there's anything uh, wrong with it. Yeah, yeah I don't yeah. care if it's a if it's a woman as long as it's a great message, you know? Yeah. It's Right. Is, but if you're doing it for social justice warrior purposes, if you're like putting, you know, uh, people out there just for social ju justice warriors instead of merit and content, then it's going to fail. You know, it's just people get sick of being preached to about that kind of thing. And, you know, and I, I'm granted, I'm a little preachy, but I'm preachy about liberty. And uh, I think that's a message that definitely needs to be heard. I want to get back uh, to the um, the police brutality thing because I such, I think it's such a hot button topic that you're willing to like explore mm -hmm. and go into. Do you think that there's sure. a targeting of one community over another, or do you think that it's just that police are you know trigger happy and that kind of thing? Uh, no, no. I, I well, the trigger happy thing, like the the thing that just happened in Florida. Holy mackerel! Just the UPS truck. You heard about that, right? Let, talk about it in case somebody hasn't hasn't heard about it. Okay, okay. Well, there was a there was a uh, people who robbed a jewelry store and they uh, hijacked a UPS truck, and on a crowded highway, the police converged on it and shot the thing full of holes, and um, and killed the the hostage and killed another bystander in the in the process of killing these. Uh, these things. So that kind of thing just denotes to me, uh, I am also way into firearms and the second amendment, you know, so I've had a lot of training and, and rule number four is you be aware of your target and what's in line with your target safety rule number four, when you're shooting. And, you know, to me, police should follow that beyond more than anyone else do, you know, because they're responsible for that, but they kind of have this, you know, this attitude that they're not going to face any consequences that they hurt somebody. Yeah. I heard that and, they're just uh, not trained that well in firearms. No, it, it's really not, you know, and, and most of I've met a lot of police who come out to the, to front site Nevada where I got trained and do a four day course and they go, Holy crap, this is more than I learned in the Academy. That's frightening. You know, and then that it is frightening, you know, because in four days we learn those safety rules and, and, uh, we learned to chamber check and, and magazine check our, our uh, firearms, which solves every accidental gun death that you ever heard of. You know, everyone, well, oh, I didn't know it was loaded. The first thing you do when you pick up your weapon is you chamber check and mag check, and then you immediately know the, con the status of your weapon. You know, and, and so that gets, that gets ingrained, ingrained in you in four days. It's just muscle memory of every time you pick up your gun, you do a chamber check and mag check. And so these guys aren't getting that. 
you know, uh, and, and they're certainly not getting taught rule number four. Um, and, uh, you know, so yeah, it's just basic gun safety. You know what it reminds me of? It it reminds me of, um, public school teachers. This is a, a bit of a tangent, but if they're not getting trained on how to properly handle rowdy students, for instance, or a classroom yes, that's completely yes, out yes. of control, and they have no training yeah. in that, then then some of them are going to take it, you know, and get the training themselves and figure this out. And then you have great teachers that have just figured it out on their own. But that's yes. not part of yes. the training that they're brought into, right? Right, right. It's, yeah, it, well... You know, it's kind of like high school and college. You don't train people. They're not training people to face the world. Right. They're training people to live in a bubble. Yeah. You know, you have to get... Uh, safe spaces. Uh, yeah, you have safe spaces. I, I went and saw no safe spaces the other night, and I said, I want to I want to uh, uh, put out a kudos to those guys. That was a great... They did a great job with that film. And, and the fact that, you know, you're... Um, liberals the the democrats who are who are actual liberals can can even condone you know can even be related to the current democrat party is mind-boggling to me that's strange so they used to be the tolerance for tolerance used to be for the first amendment and now they've completely switched it's all just political stuff it goes back to what max justice says about following principles and not parties yes yep exactly Okay, so uh, let me ask you about um, if you have some more time. I got to ask you a really tough question. This sure. this one's going to be uh, the big one because we have. I, I know we have so many problems at home, but we also have this guy over here threatening us with Christmas presents and this kind of you know Trump pick your Christmas yeah. present that you want and sending uh, missiles into the sea. What hap- It's too late if a missile flies over Hawaii because we won't know what's on it if it's loaded or what, how does Max justice, how would he approach Kim Jong-un when by the time they fire missile, it's, it's too late. I mean, maybe his superpowers could stop a missile. I'm not, I don't know. Yeah. Well, no, he's not indestructible or anything. That was a a lot of friends warn me. If you make him indestructible, then he kind of, you kind of loses his uh, vulnerability, but that, that's a really good question. And it's a really good episode. You know, and it would be a really good culmination to a season. You know, I ha- I kind of have a story arc where, you know, naturally the CIA and the NSA and everything are trying to find out who he is. And then when they finally do, what happens then? You know, how do they, they kill how him? Do they They're going to try to kill him, right? You know, they absolutely would. Try- well, you know, and, and since they're not sure they can kill him, they decide they're going to kidnap some of his friends. You know, and it's like, and there's like people within the CIA that are against it going, wait a second, you can, you're going to like, instead of just going and talking to the guy, you're going to kidnap his friends to try to control the guy who can teleport to anywhere and blow up your head. (laughs) How smart is that? But anyway, so all of that is a very intriguing story. And, And I think that like a real tyrannical foreign dictator would be a very interesting story too. In, in the story on the human trafficking, he finds human traffickers and then just gets them to rat out the guy next on the level. And then, and then that guy, the next on the level and just kind of works his way up to the very top. Mm. And this is, uh, this was pre Epstein. And yeah, uh, I was going to say so leads him right to Hillary Clinton. Ex- <laughs> yeah. 
something like that. I don't want to give it away. I don't want to give it away. But, yeah, no, um, but leads, yeah, yeah leads him right to the top. And then the same thing, you know, because he can tell when someone's lying or not. Um, you know, he could just go straight to the straight to what's his name's Kim Jong Un's quarters and say, "Do you intend on uh, launching a nuke against the United States?" And uh, you know, and if he says no and he's lying, then act accordingly. Yes, you know. So we need some of that. Uh, it would be an excellent episode. Yeah, the uh, the the lie detector part of it is the real superpower, I think, because when you look at all the world's problems and everything that, you know, everything wrong with the world, it's just instigated by liars. And, um, I have another story called color of lies that I would love to do as a movie someday. That is about the invention of a foolproof truth machine. A foolproof and I, truth, I like because they have the, the lie detector test, but they're not foolproof. A lot of people can fake exactly. it, especially they're sociopaths. Not, not the people you need to detect the liar lying most are the people most likely to be able to fake the thing, right? Are the most likely <laughs> to, to be able to beat that. Exactly. Yeah. But what if, just, you know, kind of imagine this scenario. So, like, human spirituality and technology has kind of been going in opposite directions, you know, the evolution of, uh, of mankind's spirituality is kind of like hit a roadblock. And what if, like, you could invent uh, uh, something you could wear like sunglasses that would tell you whether a person is lying or not with 100% accuracy? I think that's coming that... soon because they have AR glasses being released soon. And couldn't yes. it detect like a lie detector? I mean, it wouldn't be foolproof. Well, it depends. But it, could you de- know, it depends. Yeah. I kind of looked into the technology. There's, there are, it's all about frequencies. Like mm. the brain uses frequencies. And the part of the brain that, that accesses memory might have one frequency and the part of the brain that accesses imagination is another. So lying uses imagination. Uh, telling the truth accesses memory. So you might be a, there might be a way to detect that and actually make a device to make lying obsolete. What about and imagine like, um, an application? It, it would be huge. It would change society it altogether. Change but what if you could get a, a yeah. halfway step of just detecting little sweats, droplets of sweat that your eye can't pick up or you something? Know, that could be a halfway measure. You know, I think there's probably algorithms for things that exist now where yeah. they you could probably get within 90%. That's freaky. You know, but it'd be good maybe for society to have that, right? It would in the long term, I think it's the only way we survive. Because, you know, the liars are kind of running the joint and that's not good. What if liars could no longer run the joint? You know, then, then that would kind of change everything. So it's an interesting project. I'd love to sit down with Elon Musk someday and talk about it. And, uh, you know, I'd love to make this movie because the movie's the movie's about a guy who's blind and somebody invents a imaging sensor that ties directly in his optic nerve. But as a fluke, the imaging detector can see people's auras, and people's auras change when they lie. But I'm I'm interested in the reality of it because I think that's the only way we win. I mean, if the only way we survive is to is to keep the liars from running things. Yeah, and that's a tough thing to do because people tend to vote for the best liar instead of the the most virtuous person. 
It's all about charisma, and everybody's taken by charisma. And one day when we have technology to help us spot out the liars, like you say, and also hopefully make us smarter, you know, I don't know know if, um, you know, genetic engineering, but also technology to bring us to a point where uh, we can develop those kind of technologies. I'm I'm totally for it. I'm a futurist. I believe in that stuff. I don't think that's uh, a bad uh, place to go. I think we need to embrace it. I wrote it it 10 years ago. I thought, oh, this is science fiction. And the closer we get, I'm going like, you know what? This is this is probably feasible. Yeah. Well, you know, write so, that screenplay. Yeah. And you're obviously full of ideas. And I don't know how you have time to do all of this. But again, uh, if you're listening, you should check out Max Justice. All this content, at least uh, I think it's all free. At least most of it's free. Everything, all of the episodes are on YouTube. And all of the memes are available uh, on maxjustice.tv. And uh, I'm Max Justice for All on Twitter, uh, the number four. Uh, so follow me on Twitter for daily doses of, of liberty. I think that Twitter is a perfect length to, uh, to articulate the principles behind the issue. And so that's what I try to do. I always, I, you know, I don't like to just get in back and forth arguments. It's like I'll see an argument and I'll articulate the principle behind the behind the issue and and so that's what i try to do you know what upsets me about twitter i'll tell you i think twitter is one of the things that's so damn broken not just for the shadow banning and censoring i found you on twitter that's true i appreciate twitter and i love twitter i do but also i'm upset Twitter has its positive i've met some amazing people on twitter but you're right it is mostly a dumpster fire and i think with the censorship and shadow banning we're largely talking to a bubble we are. Uh, We're talking to our own bubble. I've thought about that yes. a lot, that it's just not yes. going beyond any, anyone else, and they've done that by design. Yeah. And that's so, that's so kind of insidious, but also their algorithms um, favor certain kind of tweets that then when you start tweeting, they shadow ban you for. So it's yes. all completely yeah. mixed up, and they, just, they do want a bunch of clicks because that sells yeah. advertisements. So it's very confusing. I, I do you think that they're a little confused about what they're doing on the back end themselves? Uh, you know, I really, I really don't know. I cannot fathom the mindset that that would censor uh, freedom of speech. I mean, the foil for bad ideas is better ideas, not censorship. If you're censoring, that's a sign that your position is weak and that your ideology sucks and they, they should understand this. It's like, you know, let the, let the best ideas win in a free market of ideas. And the censorship from the tech giants is insidious and evil. Even if they don't intend it to be, it is just freaking evil. I mean, here we have this, this uh, medium where you can crowdsource ideas and, and, you know, and grow as a society. And they're trying to, trying to stop the best ideas from getting out there and, and infecting the, the small mind, you know? Uh, and it's just insidious to humanity. 
Basically, yeah. and, uh, I mean, how you I'm have really, to get out the, the some of the crap to get to the good, and so they can't pick and yeah. choose because then you're going to filter some of the right. the good stuff too. Now, I want to say exactly. something controversial because whenever somebody disagrees with you on Twitter, they call you a, a Russian bot or something like that. But have you actually right. come across anyone that you think is an actual Russian bot on the left or the right? There are <laughs> no. I think it's absurd. You know, if, if there, if there are, then they're making, they're not making the same arguments I am. That's for sure. Uh, you know, they, uh, uh, I have not, but to me, it doesn't matter. It's mm. ideas that matter. I don't care what your nationality is. I don't care uh-huh. anything, but if you're going to present our bad ideas, I'm going to throw better ideas at you. Mm. And that's what, that's what these mediums should be. You know, it's like, no, no one's saying, Oh, Oh, uh, you know, you have to, you have to obey everything Greta says these days is going to influence me. I'm going to, I'm going to say, you know what, if there is a real problem with climate, the last people you want working on the problem is a bunch of status bureaucrats and politicians. It's like, let's, let's leave that to the innovators and not the, not politics, you know? So but if you've been shadow banned, no one's going to see your comment and you can't even contribute to the national discourse because they've written you off as deplorable yes. or what have you just because I, I'm almost, you know, I've, I've kind of proven shadow banning. Uh, I was telling you about Austin Peterson. I don't think he ever sees my tweets. Mm. Uh, you know, I tweeted him. I tweeted, uh, there's a at, website, um, a shadowban.eu, yeah. and you can see, it tells you if you've been, uh, have your oh, comments to boosted every, basically everybody that's a Trump supporter or talks in any kind of radical political terms, not just radical, but um, I think if yeah, you're on the left, no, you have to talk radically for them to shadow ban you or, yeah. or at least deboost your comments. If you're on the conservative side, you just have right. to say, I like Trump. All of a sudden, every every comment deboosted. Oh, yeah. And I see people getting getting wiped off of Twitter for telling the truth all the time. And on your thing of saying everything is broken, I just want to kind of leave with I'm very inspired and very hopeful because what I set out to do with Max Justice, the a cultural awakening. I think there are a lot, there's your podcast, uh, you know, there's Jordan Peterson, I think is such a huge influence. I mean, millions of people read his book, millions of people go see him. You know, he gets, it's just this common sense these days is like oxygen to uh, suffocating people. And he puts it out there and, and so, and has influenced so many people just with self-responsibility. And I think eventually that's going to translate to politics. And, and I think maybe it is, um, you know, because you can only play this social justice warrior thing so long. It's a, it's a, it's a toxic ideology and it's a dead end for humanity. I mean, racism is a dead end for humanity. Just, you know, liberty is a place where all people can find peace and prosperity uh, through this common theme, and everything else is a dead end. We all end up, we're going to fight each other, and you know, whatever. And where do where do people think that ends? Mm. You know, uh, you know, if we have a we, if we have a civil war in the United States, that's going to be horrible for the world because we're kind of the last bastion of freedom, and supposed to be this shining castle on the hill to set an example for the rest of the world. You know, everybody still wants to come here, but the world's not going to be a better place until people stand up in their own countries and say, you know what? 
that constitution isn't copywritten. Let's just put it in our own language and follow that for a while and see what happens. Yes, you know, everybody and, deserves uh, liberty. They have to earn it, yes. and we all have to earn it every day with every decision we make from moment to moment. Like you say, it's harder to be an optimist, but it is what we yes. need. There's no other choice because pessimism yeah, leads down look, the dark road. Yeah. If you look around on Twitter and Facebook and things like that, you go, you know what? There's really no faith in humanity, but you go out and walk down the street, and uh, you know you help somebody pick up their groceries or you – you know, you park your grocery cart in the in the stall where it's supposed to go, and you see other people doing the same thing. You realize, you know what? These humans are so bad. Yeah, it's true. It's true. I want to leave it on that positive note. Uh, again, uh, watch Max Justice at www.maxjustice.tv or wherever you're on social media. He's on YouTube and Vimeo and Twitter and all this. Thank you, filmmaker Pat Kirby, creator of Max Justice the libertarian superhero. Really appreciate your time on the podcast today. It's been an absolute pleasure, sir. Thank you so much. Kingston country. You've been listening to the Dan Kingston podcast. 